0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the Latina Diana podcast. With me today, I have a high school friend, Nayeli. I just want to let you guys know to bear with me as I'm learning all these tech and audio issues. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, Nayeli. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Dude, it's been... Ages. Long time no talk. I just want to see how you're doing, though. I feel like it's been so long. Are you doing good? How's everything going back? Are you still in Victorville? Yes, I still live with my parents.
1: I had plans to move out, or not plans to move out, but plans to kind of, like, leave home, start branching out, whatnot, and all of that just kind of, like, came and went. <laughs> and okay. Yeah. happened, yeah. So, Can I ask okay. why? Was it? COVID Uh, or was it just it was kind of relationship centered so okay yeah so that just kind of ended and
0: whatnot and here I am still at home (laughs) and how has it been doing that shift now I guess like how is that family dynamic going for you
1: um it's going it's I feel like it's hard being 24 almost 25 still living at home um mm-hmm. there's a lot of clashing and whatnot but i feel like that's a given in any home environment where
0: there's more than two adults agreed yeah are you the oldest by any chance do you have other siblings yes, i am the oldest of four how is it navigating all that especially not just as the older sister but with covid because essentially what they're all doing virtual schooling i'm assuming yeah they're all at home all of the time um
1: I feel like it's really hard for people our age to be like in college and whatnot and trying to like handle grad school all virtually. So I can only imagine how difficult it is for them that are in high school and middle school trying to learn like basic math or algebra and not being able to
0: have the hands on experience of asking a teacher a question yeah it definitely changes that. Have you been having to take on additional roles, I guess being at home now and having your siblings at home with you?
1: Um not necessarily. I mean, I've always been at home, and I've always had like the that role model position where like I had to do certain things or I mean I didn't have to, but I felt like it was my responsibilities. Or obligation to set a good example
0: for them to follow. How do you think that's made you who you are? Like, if you think about being that role model per se, because I feel like I I've had that ingrained in me too. Like, how has that shifted you as a person? Do you think
1: um, it's definitely made me more of a leader and a giver? I feel like it comes with being the oldest, you know. If I mean I they're my world they're not even my kids and I'm like I'd do anything for them right (laughs) you know so it's it's kind of weird because it's like I'm 24 and I'm like am I a mom am I like a second mom what's going on that's real
0: no yeah but I also I think I want to go a little bit deeper with that do you think it comes with being older or it comes behind our cultural upbringing right it's a cultural thing to have like I mean I'm Mexican and I know like
1: in Mexican culture it's like oh you're the oldest daughter you have to know how to cook you have to know
0: how to clean and how to care for a family kind of thing you right know? but why you know what I mean like I, I yeah. feel like ugh, it's frustrating to me now that it's this is how we were I wouldn't say trained to be but we were definitely molded to be this way right oh, yeah. and I see that within like my parents as well right I have my older brother and myself and then I have a younger sister who's 13 and a younger brother who's um he's nine now and I was like I'm 25 and I was like there's a 12 and a 16 year age gap there I had to become this person like the second mom like you said Mm -hmm. without knowing what the hell I was doing like you're not born to be a second mom you're born born to be their sister
1: (laughs) oh yeah I feel like for me it was more of a like there was such a big age gap between my brother and I and then my siblings there on after have such a small gap where they're one to two years apart
0: because I mean of course one person can't do it on their own all the time right you're right one person can't do it all on their own but I mean it, it is hard
1: it's sorry I'm like shaking my drink up um it's I mean it's not hard but it's weird to be like oh like I've had this experience since I was a kid like if I were to have a kid right now I'd be a pro at being a mom so we think right
0: Right? oh my
1: goodness
0: I feel like that's such another hurdle to battle eventually um I guess do you feel like you gave anything up because you had to feel like that second mom or that you were raising them or were you still able to find that separation of like who you are outside Mm. of home
1: I feel like I do give things up even now I feel like there's times where I'm like you know what like maybe I should be home instead of going out or where I'm like you know what like I know sometimes like my home environment isn't the greatest and like we're as individuals we're each fighting our own battles and you know and I feel like I don't want to let my siblings go through that kind of thing alone because I mean you know when you're a teenager like you have all these big emotions you have to kind of conquer and it's like oh mom dad I don't want to talk to you about these kinds of things (laughs) you know so like yeah I that on my own growing up was really weird and really hard and along with like other like cultural things that were thrown upon me and whatnot and it was really hard and I think for me it's like I don't want them to have to go through that on their own and try to maneuver like being a teenager and like becoming a young young adult on their own you know so I guess I'm kind of like I want to be for them the older sibling
0: that I wish that I had. That's deep no I get it um it's just I feel like um going through therapy now it's like I'm telling my therapist of essentially, right, like, you see these cycles that are happening within your siblings, things that happened onto oh. you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, shit, like, I don't want that to happen. And she was straight up, like, it's not your responsibility. Like, they're learning to be their own adult. But at the same time, you can be there to guide them, you can model things for them. But if you want them to yeah. be their own person, like they need to grow on their own. And I'm like, how do you how do you step away from doing that?
1: Yeah, I feel like definitely. I mean, it comes with that being a second mom or just being like an older sibling. It comes with it, you know, like it's, it's one of those things where you have that savior complex and you want to be like, no, I don't want you to feel the big emotions that I did. Like, I don't want you to feel like crap all the time like I did, you know, but I mean, regardless if we're here or not, it's gonna happen you know and I feel like it's just making that separation and separating yourself from your role as an older sibling and an individual that's really difficult to make or at least I struggle with it
0: I was just about asking how are you doing that oh I'm working on it it's a work in progress for sure I think it always is going to be but we just need to be able to remind ourselves and be gentle about it right it's yeah this constant journey and I think kind of segueing into that, I think what do you think has been your biggest struggle up until now? Like with all these experiences that you've been facing? Oh, my biggest struggle.
1: I don't know. I feel like I've had a lot of struggles growing up. I mean, for one, I wasn't born in the United States and I feel like that's been my biggest hurdle to overcome. Um, Maybe now it's a bit better. It's like I'm establishing like who I am as a person and trying to just kind of find myself as an individual that's not in a relationship. And like an individual that's like in this adult world and I'm not an adult, like a full
0: adult yet, you know? I mean, what's the definition of an adult though, you know? Who knows anymore, right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's the thing. Uh, I don't know how comfortable you are with me asking this but like with you not being born here how did the elections feel like how was that for you
1: oh okay these were a little bit better because I had my green card this time around okay but the 2016 election just to kind of put it in perspective I was dating someone that didn't believe in politics being important
0: okay um
1: that didn't vote and like exercise that right. And I just so desperately, like I knew it was such a big important election where we didn't wanna let hate win. Like we didn't want bigotry to be in office, you know? And like, unfortunately that's not what happened. And like, Mm -hmm. even now this past election was so nerve wracking because I have so many friends that are still under DACA and like still trying to get their paperwork figured out. And it's like, I don't wanna lose that part of myself if something were to happen to them so like definitely I've learned so much about like immigration and politics and whatnot and just like I mean politics are really heavy and like really dense to Mm. try to understand you know and definitely like I can't even vote and I'm like hey like maybe don't vote that don't vote for that you know like maybe read into what you're gonna be voting for Right, you know, because it truly affects so many people, and I don't think we realize
0: that until it actually does until it's too late, totally yeah how was your how was your journey into getting your green card so
1: very difficult, and even like getting into college, like actually starting school, it was a matter of hey, here's proof that I've been living here for more than five years, like can you please not charge me out of state tuition? so I just kind of had to take everything on like do it all on my own and if I needed help I had to reach out to teachers or kind of figure out a different way to
0: get through that that's made you a lot stronger and independent yeah definitely but it's also kind of shown me not that I need to depend on other people but that it's good to depend on other people and reach out for help it's good to have a support system right I was about to say that next do you think that now as you're moving forward and you're able to kind of talk about this more and bring these issues and awareness to your friends and circle, do you feel like you're being supported more? Do you feel like you have that circle now? Yeah. um, I
1: definitely had to weed out the people in my circle, definitely had to figure out who was truly rooting for me and who wasn't, and who was supporting me and who was trying to tear me down, you know? And I feel like it was one of those things where it was a, really hard pill to swallow when like the people that I thought cared about me actually didn't you know but I do have a supportive circle now and um I hope and pray that those in my very small circle that are still under like DACA and whatnot like I hope and pray that their time is gonna come you know and they don't have to stress about deportation or about
0: these immigration laws changing, right. um, so that it affects their DACA status, you know. How were you able to cope with it before? When, I mean, when did you get the green card, if you don't mind me asking?
1: Um, I got it a couple, couple of years ago, so I was
0: still in college okay. when I got it. Okay. So then how do you think that may have, how did it feel once you got it, I guess?
1: Oh my goodness. It felt like the biggest relief in the world. Um, at that point my work permit had expired and I knew that my school was going to be asking for it in order for me to keep paying that in-state tuition cost and in order for me to be like up to date in their system and so for me it was the fear of okay like this is expired like I'm illegally here again what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. you know and so when I got it it was just like I grabbed that thing and I was like, this is really what I've been waiting for my whole life. Like this, this little card is what's made me different from everyone else. And what's made me feel like I've struggled so much to overcome these obstacles. Like again, applying to school or like getting, even being in school, you know, like Mm -hmm. that felt like such a taboo thing for me at the time, because I was the first person in my entire family, not just my immediate family, but like entire extended family that had ever gone straight to a university or had even thought about wanting a degree, you know, but I feel like it was just so ingrained in me from the beginning, like, hey, you're an immigrant, you have to work and you have to do something to make yourself succeed in this country, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I just kind of learned that through hard work and dedication and honestly felt so good and like even when I graduated I was like who would have thought that the girl that cried over
0: applying to college would actually have a degree I can connect to that on uh, so many levels but yours is just so much deeper I'm just like I'm just trying to take it in right now
1: I know it's a lot and like see even in high school like I knew you then and we would talk all the time but it was something that never came up because I was just so almost ashamed
0: of it you but know. there's no reason to be ashamed by it, right? And that's the thing where it's, like, these conversations are happening, right? And we're able to talk a little bit more yeah. freely about things now, I feel like, which is mm-hmm. completely new for our generation. Where before it was, like, your parents were, like, hush, hush, like, have to, like, don't say anything. Like, this isn't something that we yeah. say. And now the new generation is, like, we can say whatever we want whenever we feel like it. And I'm just, like, where do I fit in in this? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's so crazy, especially, like, being not just a first-generation child, but, like, I know there's um, the whole concept of us being seeds, where, like, our parents were immigrants, and we end up being American-born, and, like, we go on to accomplish what they could have only dreamed about, you know? And I feel like, for me, it's, like, not only am I a seed, like, I'm also a little plant that was just brought over here, you know? And I feel like that's, like, if I ever have kids, like, I just want them to know, like, hey, this is your background. These are your roots. Like, be proud of where we came from as a family, you know? Because, like, even the older generation is always so almost ashamed of, like, their journey of having to go from one country to another. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, it's we're
0: all people at the end of the day, you know? I mean, yeah, I totally agree with you. I feel like that's something that's that got lost right during our parents and like making their way here to America where they did feel ashamed right and like how you were saying like you felt ashamed too but what do you think do you think things would have been different for you if you were able to open up about it like think about your younger third grade or you know seventh grade self like what if you did confide in more people how do you think that may have changed you um I probably wouldn't have had so much
1: trauma Mm. because even now like sometimes I see a cop and I'm like oh my god it's a cop like I have to make sure I'm a model citizen you know and like I feel like other people just don't care they don't have that fear and still like ingrained in them you know like they're able to just live their life without like this misconception of like oh my God, is that in, like border patrol? Is that a cop? Like, is something going to happen? You yeah, know? not knowing who that is, what they so, can do. Yeah, or like even growing up, like just having that fear of like, oh my God, like what if someone finds out and like tells someone and like it's just that fear of having everything that you know stripped away from you, you know? So definitely like if I had confided in other people and just been more... more accepting of Mm -hmm. it I feel like I wouldn't have grown up as reserved as I was
0: you know because I feel like once I just kind of like let it out I was like yes this is who I am how do you think you are to yourself now and how you and how were you to yourself when you were younger so I feel like growing up in,
1: I want to say conservative household just because of like the values that my family has Any little thing that I did wrong felt like I just wasn't, how can I put this? I'm like, I don't want to like make it seem like life at home sucks or whatever. But I just felt like any little thing I did wrong was definitely taken that way. And there were definitely consequences um, that even sometimes made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Yeah. You know, and it was just that constant, like, you're not good enough. You're not doing things right. And I know, like, it's not something that within my family was done on purpose. But it was just that constant, like, oh, you you suck at life. Like, I was 16. trying Figure to Figure out like, life. <laughs> <maneuver>. Yeah. <laughs> trying to maneuver, like, high school and boys and drama and whatnot. And then still having to worry about not being good enough. You know, like, it's huge. Like, That's huge. Yeah, that really, like, made me constantly think about myself as being inadequate and just, I talked very negatively to myself, essentially. Like, I just constantly was like, you don't fit the societal standards of beauty. Like, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough, you know? And I feel like over time, and especially with, like, therapy, being involved and whatnot, I've grown to accept myself for who I am and I've grown to accept my flaws and whatnot and even when I'm having a bad day and I'm like oh you look too fat or something I'm like that's not the language I need to be using towards myself like you're not this way it's like this your background in society has made you think that you are but you're not and I'm like you know what let me take a step back and give myself I don't know a a mood booster and tell myself, like, you're going to have a good day, you're going to (laughs) kick ass today, you know, like, you know, because definitely, like, it was always negative, 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 and, I mean, it takes a lot to even make any of those thoughts positive, and it's really difficult even now, but, I mean, just the effort in changing the way that I talk to myself or the way that I think about myself has definitely made a difference in my life.
0: How has that evolved you now? I mean, the way you're speaking about it is, like, beautiful and i feel like part of that is very cultural for us cuz you know my parents are from mexico as well and i wouldn't say right like we don't want to blame our parents i know like how i said it in therapy like i don't blame my parents for how i grew up because they didn't know how to navigate this new system for themselves but it did bring about this trauma for me right when they're constantly belittling you or telling you that they're not really proud of you when you feel like you've done these great achievements, like that shit cuts, right? Oh, yes. Oh my God. See, and you know exactly how I feel.
1: And I feel like, again, this podcast is so important because I like, had I known that I would have been like, Hey, let's talk about it, you know, because I feel the exact same way. And I feel like a lot of that is just that cultural shock almost that they went through because I mean, there's only, I feel like you're very limited in Mexico with, like, the education that you can Mm -hmm. get and whatnot, like, even when I was in college, and I was still getting comments, like, oh, like, what's the point of doing all of that, and working so hard for that, if you can't clean, you know, and, like, that, even now, like, that that hurts, you know, the worst part, it's the worst part, yeah, and it's, like, why are you holding me to these standards that aren't the same as they were in your country, you know,
0: and it's it's very difficult for sure. For sure. It's like, and... I remember my parents, um, you know, I got my ba- my bachelor's for undergrad. I got my master's and essentially they're just like, I'm married, right? And they're just like, well, where's mm-hmm. the kid? Instead of like actually like congratulating me, Yeah, it's not there for them. Like they're totally focused on these other things. Like you said, like that traditional aspect of what a woman should be. And I'm like, I am not that, I don't want to be that person, I'm not going to be that person, they just don't hear us. Yeah, and it's definitely, especially being a woman,
1: it's so hard, I mean, I noticed the difference in the treatment I got growing up compared to what my brother got, like, for me, it was like, no, oh, do you want to go somewhere, who are you going with, like, who's going to be there, and for my oh, brother, it's like, oh, oh my God, God no. yes, it's like,
0: excuse me they were like who are you going with what's the number what time location and my brother was like okay hey, cool bye and I'm like seriously seriously
1: yeah and I mean I guess I understand it now given like my experiences as, as an adult and like seeing like men are <laughs> like to put it bluntly you know and like I get what they were
0: protecting us from now but I think the way that they did it is like even now I look back and I'm like oh my goodness why I just don't think it was done properly like I think if they would have just opened up to us and been like hey like men are trash and this is how they are trash right like I mean not all men are trash but we can categorize most men under this <laughs> they're trash until proven otherwise <laughs> fair <laughs> um but you go into this without really knowing so you're just you're pissed you're confused and you're just you feel so outcasted because here are your other friends and they're doing all the things you want to do right like they're doing they're going to these parties or they don't have a real time to get home by like they don't have to get checked up on oh my god the number of times that I missed my dad's call and then he would cast me out and be like you you need to pick up the phone right now or I'm going to cancel your phone and blah, 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 blah. You wait till you get home. Yes. It was always that fear of like, oh my God, now I'm going to go home and get yelled at and
1: all these consequences for wanting to just be a normal kid. That's
0: all we wanted. That's all we, I think, our inner self still kind of wants, right? And it's like, how, how are we able to get those lost years while still being adult? Yeah.
1: And definitely, I mean, even when you throw like generational trauma into the mix it's like oh my goodness how am I supposed to deal with all of that like how almost like knowing how your grandparents treated your parents oh my up, it's like should I even like give you a hug when I see you like you know and it's very like definitely there's resentment there um not for myself but like I feel like from each mm-hmm. generation, there's resentment and, like, those habits, those um, parenting habits that are just passed on. And even if our parents want to say, no, I'm not, like, my parents, it's, like, oh, well, I don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I mean, yes, I think, like, that's essentially what it is. And it's, like, I started I started therapy. I think, maybe a month ago, that's, which isn't a lot of time. But um, oh. our first session... I was telling her kind of full scope of what's been happening within my family and that generational trauma. And she was like, You're pioneering the new way. And she was like, Think about your grandmas and your mom not having a voice. And now look at you. And she was like, You came here, you were present, and you are pioneering a new generation now. And I was just like, Holy crap, you're right. Mind blown, huh? Yeah.
1: I- I mean, I'm not doing therapy anymore, but when I did start, I just went in there, and I felt like I was so closed up, and, like, I felt like a scared, like a scaredy cat, literally, like, I needed to learn how to trust Mm -hmm. myself, I needed to learn how to trust my parents and the people around me, you know, just because, like, I had some experiences that, like, oh, my goodness, (laughs) wouldn't wish upon anyone, but I feel like, even in that, like, overcoming those experiences, and um, just learning that it's okay to acknowledge that that trauma that's passed between generations exists, and learning how to overcome that, so that whenever you start your own family, or, like, even me, like, when I help my siblings, just to, like, let them know, like, hey, it's okay to feel what you're feeling, you know, and it's okay to cry it out and like let your emotions be shown but just know that like another a better day is gonna come Mm -hmm. you know like that's just that's definitely what I learned like before it was like oh my god so dark so gloomy every single day you know and now I'm like you know what this is gonna pass I just have to look on the bright side and I mean worst case scenario which isn't even bad like I'll just end up back in therapy you know i'll just work through it with the therapist which
0: is i was like which isn't like necessarily the bad thing which i think is what you're about to say too
1: (laughs) yeah it really is i mean i feel like without therapy i have no idea where i'd be i definitely wouldn't be the person that i am now um because again like i was just a scaredy cat i was scared of the world i was scared of trusting myself i was so insecure and now like I'm the complete opposite of that, which, I mean, teenage me would be like, who is this person? She'd be proud of
0: you, for sure, but, like, how beautiful is that? Like, you were able to accept what has happened to you, not be resentful or, like, regretful of things, but grow from it? Yeah, and it definitely took me so long to get
1: to that point where I actually felt like I was growing, because I was just like, oh, my goodness. And it was constantly, like, even my therapist would tell me, like, you know what? You're learning from your experiences, and you're going to grow from this. And I was like, "Uh, I've learned that everything hurts. I've learned that I'm not growing from anything. Like, what are you Mm -hmm. talking about? And, I mean, it did take a couple of years, but now I'm like, oh, my God, I did grow. Like, I definitely learned from everything. What do you think is the biggest thing you grew from? I definitely outgrew a lot of resentment that I held toward my parents for the way that they raised me. I feel like that's like number one. Um again, like that like feeling of being inadequate growing up, like it kind of stuck to me and I feel like now it's like, you know what? I mean, I don't wanna justify it and say that it's a cultural thing, (laughs) but that's what it Mm -hmm. feels like, you know, and I definitely was able to outgrew that and just learn that mistakes and failures happen and it's, I feel like it had they not held our hand but just kind of walked us through accepting our failures rather than further amplifying the fact that we failed it would have been a completely different story for us and so many other women that I can just imagine
0: gone through the same thing. I'm like trying to think of like who made me feel that way more if it was like my father putting that on to a woman, or it was like woman to woman, you know what I mean? Because that can have an underlying meaning, too.
1: I think for me, it was more my mom that was always on me. You know better.
0: what? I'm going to be real. I think my mm. mom was, too. She was like, mm, is that really what you're going to wear? Mm, is that how you're going to do your hair? Mm, is that really what you want to do? T-? Like, You know what I mean? Like, It was always like... I wouldn't say judgments or being yeah. critical. No, it was judgments and being critical. And it makes you feel so fucking small yes especially because you're like isn't this person supposed to like
1: love me for who I am but instead like I definitely got that growing up like I would come out of my room in my cute little outfit and I'd be like oh my goodness we're going to a family party I look so good (laughs) and I would get oh you're gonna wear that like that's cute but like it would be cuter on you if you were skinny you know and like that to me is a insecure teenager was like oh I'm disgusting like fat," you know and even as a young adult like that affected me so much and I didn't even realize it until I like had to talk about it in therapy and I got to a point where I even had an eating disorder like I was diagnosed with um anorexia because I was eating like or not even eating I was having like iced coffee for breakfast and then I wouldn't eat until dinner, and I would have, like, fries or something, and it was just so, like, I mean, at the time, I didn't realize it, but once I, like, walked through it, it was like, okay,
0: yeah, maybe I can pinpoint back to these comments, but it's so hard to get to those comments, right, like, when you're talking and venting to your therapist, it's like, you're saying one thing, and they're already jumping to, like, that core thing that they want you to get to and you're like "Uh, I don't know if I'm ready there or if that's really what it is at that time for you because you haven't connected it but yeah I feel like dude I don't there's so much here that I can say and it's like I applaud you for overcoming that it takes courage to admit it and to really navigate that for yourself right But it's like, I remember my mom and like when my aunt would come from Mexico and I got the opposite end of that where they were like, oh, I would eat dinner and then I would brush my teeth because I had braces on, have braces now again, a different story. Anyways, uh, I would go up because (laughs) I was like, I need to brush my teeth. Like I need to try and take care of them, right? Because I want to get my braces off. And I would hear my mom talking to everyone and be like, oh, I think she's going to go throw up or I think she's going to go do this. And I'm like, You're really saying that to family like you and then it becomes part of you, right? Like I started feeling like, is this who I should be? Because this is what they're thinking of me. No, definitely. And I feel like especially
1: as teenagers, like we're just so easily Mm -hmm. influenced by the things that people say about us or to us. So definitely, I mean, I'm surprised that even you're open to talking about that because it's definitely hard to have like those misconceptions and um or not misconceptions but those assumptions made about you even by your own family like definitely like there's i know i've seen it like even in high school watch what you're saying you know because like just how comments like that like oh you're too big and whatnot can be made about someone that's on the bigger end of the scale or bigger range can be made about someone that's smaller, you know, and I feel like everyone just assumes that if you're a certain size, that you're fine, like, you get a pass, but no, like, you, even things like that, like, comments like that get made, you know, and it's just so frustrating, because it's, like, then what you want from
0: women, like, if we're skinny, we're too small, if we're thicker, we're too big, like, and I think oh we're finally at that point, kind of, hopefully. It's like what I'm going here is like every woman is beautiful and people are finally coming to accept that in some way, right? Women of all color, women of all shapes. Yeah. It's just all these different things are coming about now. Yeah, but I feel like
1: just how we get these comments from men and whatnot, we get these comments from women. And I feel like maybe now it's just this new generation of women that's overcoming a lot of these mm-hmm. comments that are made about them you know like overcoming that comment that was made by their aunt when they were 10 you know and i mean that sticks with you and i mean thank god like mental illnesses and therapy are more accepted now like we're acknowledging that mental illnesses exist we're acknowledging that therapy helps us as individuals and as a society you know so i feel like that um inclusivity is more well-known, it's seen more often, you know, especially by, like, bigger brands, like, we can get into, like, Rihanna's oh, Savage goodness, yes. Fenty, you know, yeah, like, where we're seeing more people with our body shapes in the media, you know, and I feel like that's so important, especially, like, not just for us as women, but we have, like, the next generation of girls that's growing up, and they're insecure, and they're seeing women that look like them, in like mainstream media and that's huge you know like that's it wasn't not at all had growing up yeah so I mean, this new wave of like positive positivity and like empowerment and whatnot is just so
0: important not just for us but for those that follow i guess to kind of add to that what do you think we may still be lacking when it comes to women feeling empowered yes we're going on this good momentum upwards but what are we still missing support definitely
1: Uh support from men support from other women like I still see women trying to tear each other down right each other and I feel like it's such a sad thing. like why is it, that I know. feel like
0: we like ugh this podcast and like there's a lot of podcasts right there about woman empowerment or making women feel valued and making feel making women feel appreciated right like that we're equal to everyone but yet we're still doing this to each other to each other like literally woman to woman yeah I feel like
1: at this point it's just learned behavior because I mean you have 30 year olds attacking mm-hmm.
0: like
1: 20 year olds and at that point it's like you need help you need to acknowledge that like this isn't gonna help you it's not gonna make you
0: feel better like what does someone gain from attacking someone else that's a good yeah. question I don't know I feel like people some people live off this energy right some people want to start these especially you know like on Twitter or like Instagram they want to start these fights with people and they want to initiate some conversation is is that really doing you any good <laughs> Yeah, like, I know, especially in, like, politics, like, you have everyone, or not
1: everyone, but you have these people doing not to be devil's advocate, like, come on, just (laughs) go find a job, (laughs) like, go do something, get a hobby that's going to keep you
0: off social media. I, how do, I just, I feel like, yes, we need that support, but it's, like, we're still lacking that sense of understanding, right? Like, I can come to you as my friend and, like, know that we've had the same experience based on our parents' background, but I can't go to another friend who may have grown up with white parents, right? Like, she won't understand me, and so she already has a misconception about me. Potentially, right? Like, who knows? But... There's not a sense of understanding of maybe where she's been from because, yeah, she could have faced her struggles, but what about where I've been from? What about my skin color? What about what's shaped me? I don't feel like, I guess it just comes in a way to me, like, I don't feel like we have as many authentic relationships anymore, right? Yeah,
1: definitely. And I think maybe a lot of what comes into play with that is, I mean, definitely that, Difference in skin color, which, I mean, to put it bluntly, there's a lot of white people or white passing people that love to say that they don't <laughs> see color, but uh, that's not. I mean, our society, like in the United States, like everything is built on this systemic. Like, oh no, you're fine. Go for like it. No, yeah, off. but it's bullshit. Like it's, like it's. And everything is systemically like against people of color, especially like black women. Which I mean, even again, like you mentioned, like social media. I see black men on Twitter. Like I would never date a black woman, and it's like, what, what is it that we as a society have created to
0: be so against not just women but women of color? I mean, they grew women. up seeing and you know? thinking that this pale-skinned, blonde, blue-eyed person is who you should be with. And a lot of that is media, right? It's television shows, it's magazines, it's book covers, it's literally anything and everything, right? I remember like, being little and wanting, oh my god, like those Bratz dolls. Do you remember those Bratz dolls with the big lips? They were so cute. And me wanting, what was her name? (laughs) Sasha, because she looked like me. And I my even my parents were like, you don't want this one and show me the white one with blonde hair. And I'm like, no, like, I want one like me. And they didn't get it. Like, that wasn't seen as pretty to them. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I would always, what was her name? Yes. The, the Asian <laughs> one. I mean, I'm not even Asian, but, like, growing up, I've always been told, like, oh, you're really chinky, You have chinky eyes. I was like, her eyes look like mine. I'm her. Give me that one you know so definitely like there's always been that like oh this one's prettier and again like it's just a systemic thing at this point like the media does have a lot to play into that and even now like the in like the model are no, and you're I good. <laughs> I lose my train of thought I'm trying to like find the words <laughs> the like image the concept of beauty or like the idea of beauty there you go um it's like you're seeing these girls with like really small uh waists and big hips big butts big boobs and it's like (laughs) first of all if we really get into it does anyone
0: naturally agreed
1: no (laughs) probably not a lot of us you know and it's like now we have all these women that like in the early 2000s were like oh my god my butt's too big why is it so big because again like you had that skinny blonde blue-eyed girl that was your concept of beauty and now it's like oh my god i need to get a bbl and i need to get my breasts done so i look like an lip Instagram fillers and whatnot yeah and it's like oh uh, we're in our 20s you
0: don't need you all really that. don't but it's like we've We've come to tune to match what's out there for us because essentially, right, that's what social media, that's what the whole market does. Like they sell to us and we're buying in for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: no, yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's hard. I mean, it's not hard to like accept that you don't look like it like them, but it's like if that's the concept of beauty then what am I you know and I feel like that's another struggle that as women we have to overcome and we have to just kind of learn that our features our natural features are are beautiful regardless and I mean if we want to make some augmentations here and there then good for everyone that does but I mean if they're doing it to fit a certain Mm -hmm. standard that's where it's kind of like hey like take a step back here no yeah I totally
0: agree and it's like that's kind of what we grow up knowing too so it's like how can we not only we as women but you know eventually we evolve to mothers like how can we shift this I feel like
1: there's people that are genuinely scared to just confront themselves and confront their past and their trauma and try to work like through it you know and it's just hard like I can't be like mom you have to go to therapy like I do sometimes I'm like oh my god girl like you need to take yourself over there but it's not something like you can't another adult to do even if you think they genuinely need it like it would actually help them you know like they would benefit from it so it's really hard and like I know I've seen a meme and it's so dumb but um (laughs) It's like, oh, like I go to therapy to deal with people in my life. I mean, that that's don't go essentially what anymore. it is, though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and
1: I'm like, yeah, that I one's felt tr- that one. <laughs> <laughs> one I'm just content
0: I did I mean, it's not wrong though, because essentially, that's what we're going to therapy for, right? Like, we have our trauma, we have these struggles and experiences, mm-hmm. and yes, they happen to us, but. How did they happen to us? Who did them to us potential potentially? And like those people definitely don't do the work.
1: Yes. Oh my god, yes. Bold <laughs> italicize that Underline it. I feel like definitely in that I mean, it's not even a cultural thing, it's just something that happens as women. And I'm I mean, I assume that it happens to men too. Where like someone does something to you and you're just like as a person you're like, What the heck? Like what did I do to right. get you for you to treat me this way? And right. then like we just pack it up and shove it deep down until we forget about it. Like it's it's crazy what they say that like trauma makes you forget, but like there's there were gaps in my life that I was like, uh yeah, I was thirteen but that's it. Dude, <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and you're like Things happen, yeah. So I mean, it's
1: hard. It really is hard, and I feel really, like, I mean, sometimes I I'm just like, you know what? It's life. Life is hard, and then it's like, no, like life isn't meant to be hard. Life is meant to be like beautiful. Yeah. And we have this whole world that like we can explore, and like we have nature that's so beautiful. And it's like, in the grand scheme of things, like we're small, but our emotions they are, are so big.
0: Yeah, you know.
1: And, like, our experiences are just so huge. Like, they're even bigger than our emotions, you know. It's just, it's crazy that in the grand scheme of things, like, we don't know what's going on. Like, even our neighbors. Like, I don't know what's going on in my neighbor's houses. I don't know what's going on in your head right now or, like, what you're going through. And I feel like our day-to-day interactions, like, sometimes people don't care about other people but yeah so I, I just felt like on social media like and I touched base with or like I talked about this with my therapist and I was like I feel like I just have this image of myself on social media and that's not who I am like you see a picture of me smiling with the person person I'm in a relationship with or like you see that I'm traveling but like
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm going through it you know, and she was, like, yeah, just how you feel, other people feel that way, too, and I was just, like, like, mind-blown, because, like, at the time, like, my problems and my struggles were so huge and so important to me that I didn't even Mm -hmm. stop to think about other people, you know, so there was definitely that shift where I was, like, you know what, like, even if I just had, like, one conversation with you in high school, like, Oh, you have a small business, boom, I'm going to support it, oh, like, here's your baby, boom, congratulations, you know, <laughs> like, that kind of thing, because I feel like, at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're putting, maybe, like, what we post on social media is because if we want comments because we felt nice on a certain day, or, like, hey, like, this is what's going on in my life, and, like, sometimes, like, people are really judgy about it, Especially with like kids and like marriage and whatnot, definitely because we're so young. But it's like, if you think about it, like my mom was seventeen when she had
0: me. Like, who was gonna tell her congrats? Mm-hmm. You know. No, that's real. I feel like oh. now this brings up another thing. It's like I was twenty one when I got married. Uh, that brought up. I wouldn't say judgment, but it definitely brought you know like those stares that you get from people like you're gonna get married like really right now why so I would say their eyes were judging me but Uh it's like then what do you do right it's not until these people actively start talking to you and knowing more about your decisions that that judgment then shifts to just acceptance but it's so hard and I feel like like what you're doing, like those connections and like just being there for people or sending that extra message is so validating to these people, to these women. Like when I needed the most, most emotionally and mentally, like where I genuinely needed a
1: partner to support me, instead I thought, you don't have time for me. You don't want to be in this relationship with me. So I think that was a big eye opener and it just showed me what, I need
0: to expect in a relationship. Let's go to your relationship a bit. Can you talk a little bit about that before I ask you the next question? Oh, that's messy. Um,
1: I was with someone that was essentially my high school sweetheart for about three and a half years, and I was in love with this person. Like I thought. I was going to marry them and like just live mm-hmm. like, my happily ever after you know but there were red flags from the beginning that I ignored because I was like you know what I'm in love like we're finally together we dated on and off whatever like let me just ignore it you know and part of it like, whatever like, <laughs> love I man <laughs> yeah oh my god what a mess but over the years I just kind of started noticing little things like he would like take shots at me you know like it was it started with like oh like you're getting a degree good for you you know so like as I got closer to graduating like oh well what are you planning on doing with your degree what are you planning on doing with your life am I included in those plans You know, and it was always, for me, it was always, like, yeah, of course you're included. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. But then it got into, like, oh, what if I don't want to follow you? What if I want to do my own thing? And I was, like, you know what? We are our own people. If you decide that you want to make this long distance because you don't want to come with me, if I decide to, like, go to school out of state or, like, far away or something, then we can make it work. You know, but it was always that, like, what about me? What about me kind of thing. And it wasn't much of an issue until I actually graduated. And then I just noticed the shift in the way that I was being treated. You know, and it, it took, unfortunately, a drunken night um, for him to attack not only me, but my family. And I was just kind of like, wow, like, you're trying to isolate me from people. is what I I mean, I didn't realize it at the time course like therapy helped me realize this but at the time I was like oh my goodness I can't believe that happened We were so drunk I love you so much kind of thing but after I was like wow like you really attacked my family and I stayed with you kind of thing you know and it was like you I know now that it was maybe like him trying to isolate me so it, it was just me and him You know, and like this is someone that wasn't. I mean, I don't want to talk bad about him, of course, because like it's done, it's over with, I've moved on. But this is someone that I genuinely felt like I wouldn't have had a stable life with, both financially and emotionally, you know? So I'm a firm believer in things happening for a reason. And I think that a lot of what I went through in that relationship definitely taught me that. I need to stand up for myself more. like being in love and feeling loved wasn't gonna make that person understand who I was it wasn't gonna make them understand my struggles or how the words that they would use toward me made me feel you know and I feel again like huge (laughs) eye-opener um and I learned so much from that. And I mean, it's unfortunate, like, for me, it wasn't even a matter of heartbreak. I just feel like he broke me as a person that it didn't even hurt when we because, broke up. Because you were already at your lowest point at that point. You know, which is, yeah, like, I just felt like I was at rock bottom and he was trying to, like, stop me into the ground even more, you know? <laughs> and I feel like, I don't know if it's just me being modest or, like, me not. I mean, to me, it's I don't have faith Mm -hmm. in my heart toward them. You know, like, toward him. I'm like, you know what? Like, it happened. It's done. It's over with. Chapter closed. But definitely, like, after that chapter was closed, there was a lot of
0: damage. How did you learn to forgive him? Oh, I feel like I did forgive
1: him, but I didn't forget. Yeah. I've learned that. I need to
0: have standards and that I can't change those just because I'm in love. Only one question that I really do want to ask you is the last one. Um, where we can picture you hearing this five years from now because, you know, the internet will hold these things if I pay for it to hold these things for five years. Um, <laughs> what would you say to future Nayeli? Um, So I would
1: definitely just tell myself to just accept things for what they are, learn from them, and grow from them.
0: A special thank you, Dunayeli, for doing this first episode with me. I couldn't have done it without you. I think that this episode is starting this movement for us, and I can't wait for the next one. Everyone, please stay tuned for the next Athena Diana podcast episode.